0: Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us. The doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. Our scripture
1: today is from John 20, 19-31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the temple authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "'Peace be with you.' After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, "'Peace be with you.' As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God tide is for the doubters, my friends. It's been one week since we chanted, Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. The candy and the Easter eggs has been eaten, the fancy hats and new clothes have been put away, and there's more parking at church today. And so it is in John. It's been one week since the miracle at the tomb, and already the resurrection seems to be losing its sparkle. The question reverberates in the world today. Will this miracle hold in ordinary time? So let's work backwards on this text. The text ends with the acknowledgement that Jesus did a lot of cool stuff. But the writer of John chose these specific stories so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And out of all the stories the writer might have had, I'm really glad he chose to include the story of Thomas, a story that is seemingly about doubt, but according to John, is fodder for faith. Now, Thomas often gets a bad rap for having to see to believe, for not just taking the other disciples at their word, but he makes a lot of sense to me. Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, unless my hand is in his side, I will not believe. Um, yeah, and why not? If it's true, and I'm not saying it's not, but if it is, then why can't he have proof? Of course he would want to see. Of course he would want to touch. Of course he would want to know that this news is trustworthy. Thomas doesn't seem like a naive optimist, right? He's a realist, and he's endured too much pain since the beginning of that fateful Good Friday to just latch on to whatever half-baked truth his friends are, pe- his friends are peddling. He's got a brain, y'all. He's not going to check it at the door. He's got questions. He needs to see receipts. And as people living in the era of fake news and conspiracy theories spreading at the speed of social media, I think we can agree that Thomas may have a point. But you know, if we just jump right to it, the most noteworthy thing about Thomas is not that he doubted, but that he doubted publicly, shamelessly, loudly and his faith community allowed it and even humored him. And Thomas was able to do this because Jesus is resurrected as the crucified one. The one whose story is not briefly interrupted by the crucifixion interlude, but is forever defined by it. The very worst thing that happened to Jesus and his followers was not hidden away or ignored but rather placed at the forefront of Christ's identity and relationship with humankind. It's almost as if Jesus was asking his disciples, and by extension, us, to hold those scars in view as we believe. Because it's not really belief, is it? If there's not a few places hollowed out by the meeting of the broken bewilderment of the world and God's miraculous redemption. We're moving through this story so quickly this morning because it's not really about Thomas at all. It's about Jesus. Jesus. Now, let the reader understand, Thomas gives us permission to ask questions, to be skeptical, to confess uncertainty, to yearn boldly, to be envious of those who find faith easier. He went first for all of us. Thanks Thomas, we owe you one. This story is full of scars and doubts just like us, alleluia. But did you notice? that the story never tells us if Thomas actually took Jesus up on his offer. Did Thomas touch the wounds in his hands? We don't know. Because maybe that's not what's important. Maybe what's central to this story is Jesus offering himself over and over again to people who want to see him. With no questions asked, Jesus offers himself and gives the repeated gift of his presence and grace. We begin our new worship series today called Remembering What It Means to Be a Member of ACC, where each week we will look at a marker of Azel Christian Church. This idea of re-colon-membering is a play on words and punctuation, so we'll get a lot of mileage out of it. First, we're remembering, recalling, our covenantal vows as members, the things we promise for the life and flourishing of this community, the commitment we make to the good news of Jesus Christ and the planting of hope that we take part in for those who will come after us. With re colon, we get the idea that there are certain things we do to mark ourselves as Christians and as members of this iteration of the body of Christ here in Azle, Texas, on the corner of Church Street and Greenway. This is how we member, we might say. And then finally, there's the remembering, the putting all of the limbs back together again in this part of the body of Christ. We're reattaching ourselves to one another. And after over a year of worshiping primarily online and not being able to hug each other and eat together in the fellowship hall and do so many of our beloved traditions, we are hopefully moving into a time when many of us will be vaccinated and cases will plummet and we can once again be together in person, in our building, close enough to smell each other's coffee breath. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. But this remembering of our church won't happen automatically. I mean, just as we won't suddenly tear off our masks and gather in a kumbaya circle in the sanctuary, but rather move gradually towards something like that in phases, We also won't be able to resume our relationships in church as we know it, right where we left off like no time has passed. Because time has passed. In many ways, those edges that were once freshly separated have frayed. It might take us a beat or two or 10 to find our way back to each other to find new ways of being together. I mean, we haven't even been able to all gather in the sanctuary with me as your senior minister yet. And I ache for the day to have more than just sweet Chris Piercy laughing at my corny jokes. I relish the thought of noisy kid whispers and candle lighting going awry and someone's cell phone inevitably going off. The Thomas story is almost painful to read right now because it's so physical. And that's something we've been missing for so long. The passing of the peace, the standing up and sitting down, the hugs and handshakes and high fives, the passing of tissues and communion. Thomas's ache to touch Jesus, to really see, to believe is so relatable for us today. You know, maybe our reattachment might be a little like the creature of Frankenstein at first. It'll probably be clunky and awkward. We might have to troubleshoot or try something different. We may have to finally say goodbye to things or ministries or ways we worship together that we really love and weren't ready to say goodbye to when this whole thing began. But the pandemic has done a lot of irreparable harm to the world as we know it, and churches are not immune to that. There will be losses that will be so hard to face when we can finally see the bottom half of each other's faces again. But I am confident in the renewable energy of hope that is drummed up every time we gather whether it's online or for cabinet meeting or in the courtyard for hot dogs or under the portico shade for food hub or in the front porch visits with your friends who are sick or grieving or lonely and in all the ways that you continue to show up in each other's lives day in and day out our marker for azel christian church members today is gathering gathering looks different today, of course, than it did a month ago, or two years ago, or even 10 years ago, and it will continue to evolve and change. But gathering together helps us all believe. Jesus offered his presence and grace when Thomas was struggling to believe, And when we gather together for worship, we are offering our presence and grace to one another. Because there may come a day that you, like Thomas, cannot believe. You can't hope, you just don't have it in you. Oh, but beloved, come, be around people who believe. Let others hope for you. And know that you may be the believer and hoper for somebody else one day. Because this faith thing we're doing here is both an individual and collective endeavor. It's ongoing, it's dynamic, and at the risk of sounding like a greeting card, it's a journey. I said a moment ago that hope was a renewable energy, and so is faith. And it's renewed by the continual gathering of believers and trying to believers. We're a place that holds sacred questions together, not a place that guards inscrutable truths. And we are fostering a community of presence and grace even in a time of great absence, because. Church is a different kind of community than one can find at something like CrossFit or a book club. We meet together each week, whether it's online or in the courtyard or some kind of hybrid model for the alchemy of life from death, of faith from doubt, of hope from pain. We're resurrection people, after all. And the good news, the very good news for the people of God today is that we remember ourselves by remembering Jesus together each time we gather as a covenant community. We promise to offer our presence and grace to one another every week not hiding our scars away, but letting them be part of our believing together. On any given Sunday, we are a group of believers and trying-to-believers. And Christ is present to us all. This is the glorious message of Eastertide.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.